tuning in to our Neighborhood Church podcast. Join us on Sunday at any of our locations. To learn more about our church, visit neighborhoodchurch.com or download our church app. If you're wondering about some of those episodes with the Fallow family, you can look at that on YouTube and kind of follow the saga of what went on during that time. But Merry Christmas and happy birthday, Jesus. Thanks for being here this morning to celebrate the birth of Jesus. We marvel with the shepherds. We rejoice with the angels. We celebrate with Mary and Joseph, and we fall down and worship like the wise men. Christ, the Savior, is born. That wait is over, yet we still need to have times of waiting. Anybody still waiting to open presents? Wow. Whoa. A bunch of you. The service is going to take a long time. (laughs) We want the wait to be sweet. I can't wait to be together with our family again. Uh, In life, we still have times of waiting, but God is in the wait. In times of waiting, in those times, something amazing happens. Faith is built. Wait builds faith. I'd like to share with you a few stories about faith building waiting. And the first one, I'd love it if all the kids could come forward and sit down here. If you're a kid of any age, come join us down front here. I'll be sitting down here. You have a little story time with Pastor Mike. And uh, come on down. And Miss Lorena's here. Yeah, come on, have a seat. And if anybody else can come too. Yeah, good. Uh, uh, all ages, come on down. Yeah, you're good. Oh, you, yeah, if you, well, you, it's okay. Okay. All right, good. You guys can come on. Yeah, you can come. It's great. Thanks for being here. Well, the first story that uh, I want to tell you about is, it comes from a, a Russian author. You guys know where Russia is? <laughs> We know too much about Russia right now, but uh, it comes from a Russian author a long time ago. His name is Leo Tolstoy. Ooh. He wrote a very small little book called War and Peace. People are laughing because War and Peace is about this thick. Now, uh, Mr. Tolstoy was, uh, he was a follower of Jesus. He did have a faith in Jesus. He, uh, struggled a little bit with the teachings of the church, the Russian Orthodox Church. But he still had a a great love for Jesus and decided to write. And one of his famous stories was he loved the teaching about loving your neighbor. And actually, he wrote a book called Where Love Is, There God Is Also. It's a story about Martin. Martin's a cobbler. You know what a cobbler is? Someone who makes shoes. That's what they call a cobbler. They make shoes. A cobbler is something that makes shoes. And he, so he wrote about a story about Martin the cobbler. Now, it's been uh, adopted over the years. Here's another. Here's a story about Martin the shoemaker right there. Uh, different people have written their different adaptions of it. This, this version is, is Pastor Mike's adaption. Is that okay? Yeah, that's okay. Do you like that candy cane? I think that's a uh, Skittles one. That was fun. Well, whenever I tell stories to my grandkids, I always have them do this. Pull up your finger like this. And I say, once upon a time, a long time ago. So do this. Once, say it with me. Once upon a time, a long time ago. You guys can do it too. 
at home too. Once upon a time, a long time ago, there lived in a small Russian village, a man named Martin. And Martin was a what? Cobbler. Absolutely. He knew how to make shoes. And he was a wonderful man. He uh, was very devout. The word devout means he pays attention and he paid attention to God and his way of life. So he was a righteous and devout man. And he lived in this small village with his wife and his young little son. And they went to church all the time. He read his Bible all the time. And he really was enjoying life. Well, all of a sudden, uh, his wife got a little sick. And actually, that sickness led to her death. And Martin was very sad about that. Some of you have had people in your family die, and it's hard. Well, as he went along, he was really excited about his son because his son was just becoming of age to be able to help him in the shoe shop. But all of a sudden, he got sick. And you know what? He died too. Martin was very, very, very sad. And he was, he was a little bit mad at God. And so he stopped going to church. He stopped reading his Bible. And he just kept going on in life, just making shoes. Unfortunately, as time passed, he lost all sense of direction and meaning in life. And he was kind of miserable, really just sad about himself. And every day was a treachery and it was difficult. Well, one day there came a knock on his door. And it was one of the pastors of the church holding a big old Bible like this. Ugh. But it was kind of worn out. See how this Bible is kind of worn out? It's made of leather. This Bible is made of leather on the outside. It has a leather cover on it. And Martin works with leather making shoes. And so the pastor thought, I could take this to Martin, the cobbler, the shoemaker, and he might be able to work with leather to fix this Bible. So the pastor came to the door and said, Martin, I heard you work with leather and, and maybe you can fix this Bible. Martin looked at him and said, oh, holy man, God and I are not getting along so well. Maybe you should take it to someone else. Well, the pastor asked what was going on with Martin. And Martin shared with him about how many years ago his family had died and how he was sad and mad at God. And the pastor felt with him and understood his pain and cried with him. And, and then he said, but Martin, maybe God has you for a reason. Why don't you, while you're working on the Bible, look at the pages and see if there is an answer for you in those pages. So Martin took the Bible, he put it on his counter and the holy man left, the pastor left. And he went about his day and he kept looking back at the Bible going, oh, I wonder, this is an ancient book. And he began to go over to the Bible and he began to start reading it and looking inside the different passages and pages. And he came to Luke chapter seven in the Bible. And in that Bible, chapter seven, it was a story about a, the Bible's kind of dirty. Uh, it was a story about a, a religious leader that invited Jesus to his home. But as the story goes on, that religious leader did not really welcome Jesus in at all. Didn't do all the customary things that you would welcome a very honored guest. And Martin, as he read that, he was, oh, how could this be? Why did they not welcome the Lord? If the Lord would come to me, I would welcome him in my home. So he closed the Bible and he went to sleep that night. And all of a sudden, in the middle of the night, he was woken up. Now, he wasn't sure if it was a dream or if it was real. You ever had a dream like that where you thought it was real? And you weren't sure if it was a dream or real, but he heard a voice, 
Martin, looked around, Martin, I'm going to come visit you tomorrow. Be waiting for me. Martin, half asleep, half awake, going back to sleep, woke up the next day and wondered, was it a dream or was it real? So he began to look out his window as he was working on the different shoes and look out the window. And early in the morning, he heard a sound and it was a street sweeper sweeping the streets. And he noticed that he was really cold and freezing. And Martin knocked on the window and welcomed him inside. And the street sweeper came in and goes, oh, thank you, Martin, for seeing me and and, and having me come into your home. And he had it, gave him a, a, some cold tea to, or warm tea to drink and sat by the fire and he warmed himself up from the cold and it was wonderful. They began to talk some more. But as they were talking, talking Martin kept looking out the window and kept looking out the window and the, the street sweeper was saying, Martin, are you looking for something? <laughs> he goes, well, and he started telling them about the dream he had and where they thought it was real. And they began to start laughing because the, the, the street sweeper said, oh, you thought I was the Lord and you looked out the window. Oh, Martin, you've given me food for body and soul. <laughs> and they laughed and had some more tea and he went on his way and Martin said, please do stop, come visit again. And he went about his work. Well, it was about noontime. He had kept looking out the window all the time. And as he was there, he heard a baby crying and he looked to the side and looked at the side and he noticed sitting next to the wall, shivering was a young woman with a little baby trying to get the baby warm. And the, the, the lady was not wearing winter clothes. She was wearing summer clothes. And so Martin, oh, oh, and he opened the door. Please, please come in, come in. And the baby was there and he said, oh, may I look, may I hold the baby? I have had kids of my own. And so Martin took the baby and played with the little boy and uh, sat the woman by the fire, gave her something to eat. And uh, he had a little bear. Martin had a little bear that was there that was his son's. And he thought, you know, this little child could use this bear way better than I can. And so he gave it to the child. The child hugged the bear like it was her only toy because it was. And then he looked at the woman and she was there dressed in not winter clothes. And he asked, what is it that you don't have clothes? He said, she said, my husband is off at war and he has not come back. And I had to sell the last bit of winter clothes to feed my baby. And Martin looked up on the wall. There was a shawl from his wife. He kept it there as a remembrance of her. And he thought she could use it far better than me. So he put it around her and she began to cry. And she says, oh, thank you, kind sir. If you had not looked out the window, we would have froze. God had you look out the window. And Martin began to smile and he said, yes, the Lord had me look out the window. And she finished up her meal and he gave her some money to be able to buy some winter clothes and sent her on her way and said, please come back anytime. And so she left. Well, it was getting towards the end of the day. The lamplighter was beginning to light the lamps in this village. And Martin was a little discouraged because really Jesus had not come to him yet. And so he was discouraged thinking maybe it really was a dream. Oh, foolish me that I was <laughs> thinking about a dream and thinking it was real. And right in the middle of that thought, he heard some yelling outside. A person yelling, no, no, stop thief. And he went, ran outside and there was a granny holding a little boy and said, this boy, this boy, he steals an apple. He should be beat within an inch of life. 
And the boy was screaming, I was hungry, I was hungry. And Martin grabbed them both and looked at the granny and said, Granny, if he should be beat with an inch of life for just an apple, what should, we, should be done with us, with our sin? And they calmed down and the, the boy apologized and asked if he could carry her groceries as payment for the apple that he took because he'd already started to eat it. And she said yes, and they walked on their way. Martin went back into his house. He was still uh, discouraged because most of the night had gone on and he was uh, there wondering if, why he was so silly to listen to a dream that he thought was real. And he went back and he opened the Bible and he opened to Matthew chapter 25, verse 40, where Jesus is talking. And he says to people, he who has done it unto the least of these has done it unto me. And Martin got the thought, Lord, it was you. And all of a sudden in his mind, he had the vision of the street sweeper, the woman with the child, the granny with the boy that was there. And in his mind, they all said, it is I. And Martin saw that while he was waiting, God actually met him in these different people. See, Martin didn't just uh, wait for God to do something and sit there and do nothing. He was actively looking out the window. When we actively wait for God, something amazing happens. Now, I'd like to tell you another story. Actually, these two are from the Bible. Do you guys want to stay down here for that? Or do you want to go back to your seat? You want to stay down here? You want to go back to your seat? You can. Let's go back to your seats. Okay, go back to your seats. And you guys can all finish the story up here. The story in the Bible is a story of two people that actually met Jesus just a few days after Jesus was born. It's a story of Simeon and Anna, and it starts with Jesus' parents bringing Jesus to the temple to dedicate him to the Lord. Like when we have child dedication, some of you kids have been dedicated by the Lord up front here. We've held you. We've prayed over you. Family and friends were excited about you. Well, they, the custom was to bring their child to the temple. And they did that. And here is what happened. If you have your Bible, open up to uh, Luke chapter two, starting in verse 25. This is the story of Simeon first. Now, this is when Jesus' parents had brought Jesus into the temple. He says, now there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon, and he was a righteous and devout man. Remember we talked about what righteous and devout was with Martin? In other words, he followed God's will and way, and he was devout. He paid attention to that. He says, he righteous and devout man, waiting for the consolation of Israel. The consolation of Israel was to wait for Messiah to come and not only show them how to relate to God, but also to save them from their sin. So waiting for the consolation of Israel, the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him that by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ, before he'd seen Messiah. And he came in the spirit into the temple that day when the parents brought Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law. And Simeon took up Jesus in his arms and blessed God saying, Lord, now you are letting me, your servant, depart in peace 
according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, that's all people who are non-Jews, and for the glory of your people Israel, all Jews. And his father and his mother uh, and his father and mother marveled at what was said about Jesus. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. The sword will pierce through your own sore also so that thoughts may, of many hearts may be revealed. Now that's Simeon's story. He was there in the temple. The Holy Spirit led him there. He got to hold Jesus in his arms and he saw that this, his promise that he had been waiting for for so many years had come. Well, this is Anna's story. It's the very next few verses there. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin and then was a widow until she was 84. In other words, she had got married. She was married for seven years. Her husband died. She became a widow. And then it says, she did not depart from the temple, worshiping and fasting, praying day and night, coming at that very hour when Simeon was holding baby Jesus, giving thanks to God and speaking of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Israel, the redemption of Jerusalem. Both of these two were waiting for something God had promised, the Messiah, the one who would connect God to his people and really to all people. Because the truth is, and we talk about this all the time, that the unfortunate reality of humanity is that we're all sinful. And that sin is part of our DNA. We just choose to do wrong things and we have it as part of ours. And that reality separates us from God. Isaiah says our iniquities, our sins have separated us from God. And because of that, we can't enjoy a relationship with God. We can't get into heaven. We can't uh, really fulfill the potential that God has for us. And there's no way to fix that gap on our own. We need a savior. That's why we get so excited about Jesus being born because he is the savior, the consolation of Israel, the redemption of our sins. He is that one that's going to bring us back into connection with God. As we've been mentioning all Christmas season, not just a baby in a manger, but the Lord Jesus who came and hung up on a cross and all the sin of the world dumped on him. And he died in our place that we might now come through faith, uh, receiving a gift, believe in him. And we know it's true because he rose from the grave on that third day. Now it, was an, it must have been so amazing that day for Simeon and Anna. They got to behold Jesus, not just know of him and hold him physically, but actually realize that all of their waiting for this incredible joy of the one who would be their savior was there. And they got to experience it right there. The Messiah, the one who would take away the sin of the world. But I want us to notice what they did as they waited. See, Simeon was righteous and devout. He kept living life God's way and devout, in other words, he was concerned about that and followed after God the best he could. Anna was in the temple serving and helping and doing what is needed. Neither of them stopped serving or living for God. They actually ramped it up. And like Martin, who kept looking out the window, for what we wait for in life is found in an active waiting on God. Let me give three quickly faith-building actions while we uh, consider waiting in the Lord. The first is to serve while waiting for God's calling. 
It's clear all throughout the Bible, God wants to use us for his purposes and to get active and to do something. We're to share about Jesus. Jesus actually summed up all that we're to do in one phrase when he said, love God and love others. And we have a calling, but what we tend to do is we tend to wait until we know specifically the job that God wants us to do. And we want a personal invitation where the heavens open up, the angels all sing, and uh, we get into that way. And all people know that we've been called of God. And yet, like Martin and Simeon and Anna, we're to get busy. Ephesians 2.10 says that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are to look and to be about good things and good works. Wherever we can, we're to be involved in that. What's something we could do that is something good? All kinds of things should flood your mind. Helping neighbors, being in that. Actually, tomorrow, you guys know what tomorrow is? It's right. It's Boxing Day. God bless you for knowing that. See, there's Christmas Adam, which is the day before Christmas Eve because Adam came before Eve. Then there's Christmas Day, and then there's Boxing Day. Boxing Day is a European kind of holiday. It's a time where you box up some things that you don't need anymore, and you give them to the goodwill. You give them to people in need. It's not boxing like boxing. <laughs> it's a box, like a cardboard box, like Amazon smile boxes, you know, that come in there. It's, it's, it's that kind of boxing. But it's a day to think about other people. And so some week, maybe we could even box up. We got lots of gifts this Christmas, or we'll be getting some. Maybe we can box up some of our older toys or older clothes and put them and give them to charity, Goodwill Salvation Army. We may donate some money to a local charity, volunteer somewhere in a church around the city, be kind to our neighbors, help in some way. Maybe we can pick up trash even in the streets. Because when we do, the light of God shines. Matthew 5, 16 says, In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. In that, we will discover God's calling for what we wait for in life is found in active waiting on God. Here's another faith building action while waiting for the Lord. It's to listen. The first one is to serve. This one is to listen. Listen while waiting for God to speak to us. You know, much of the time, like we said, we want some miraculous interruption from God. For him to be so clear, like the dream that Martin had, we want some kind of something like that, but really want it so others know it's from us, so we can verify that, but we want something clear. And yet, in the waiting for God to speak to us, his comfort, his guidance, his affirmation, his direction, how we might live, we need to practice listening to what he's already said. Second Timothy Chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. All scripture is breathed out by God, profitable for teaching, for proof, for correction, and training in righteousness. The person of God may be complete, equipped in every good work. God has given us already his word. It's already here in print. And if you want to listen to it audibly, just get the audible Bible. Then God can speak to you audibly. But the idea is to interact with God in that. How I interact with God is I use uh, a, a, a little um, 
time in God tool. It has, it's a four letter word, SOAP, S-O-S-O-A-P, SOAP. And in those, that's how I study God's word, even devotionally. First of all, is the scripture. S stands for scripture. And that you take a Bible passage, you open up and you read a passage of scripture. And in that, you just read it all the way through and kind of mull it over a little bit. And then you do the second letter, which is S-O, which is observation. You observe all the things that are around that. Read the passage beforehand, the passage afterwards. If you have a study Bible, you read all the study helps in there to understand what's really going on in that passage. So you're looking at scripture, S, you're observing O, and then the next letter is A, which is application. You're asking God, how does this apply to my life? What is it that you're telling me about you? What does it tell you about how I should live? Some of the attitudes I should have, some of the things I should do. You're calling on my life. All those things can be in there. And we know that God speaks because he sent to you a helper, a coach. If you've come to faith in Jesus, you received the gift of salvation, you have been given a life coach. That life coach has a name, it's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit speaks to us, maybe not always audibly, but a sense, an inkling. John 14, 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. And yes, we, we would love choirs of angels getting our attention, but what we have is greater than that. The Bible, with the applications and listening ears, God is now speaking to us. He will, if we're ready and willing to listen. For what we wait for in life is found in an active waiting on God. One more faith-building action while waiting on the Lord. See, we're to, to uh, uh, serve, we're to listen, and the third one is exercise. Exercise in the waiting on God to grow our faith. Okay, everybody stand up real quick. Stand up. And do a little stretching. Ah, stretch out. Stretch out your arms, kind of shake them a little bit. You know, do a little deep knee bends. Yeah. You can sit down. That's about all we're going to do. But when we even stand up like that, that in itself is a little bit of an exercise. It gets the blood moving and we begin to start. Our muscles are ready to roll and we have abilities that we can continue on and our muscles grow that way. Most all of us who've come to faith in Jesus want to grow in faith. And, and the, God's word is clear. 2 Peter 3.18, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and in the days of eternity. But we tend to want to grow instantly. <laughs> God, give me patience now. <laughs> but how we grow is to practice our faith to practice loving others, to practice doing good works, to practice praying and giving and serving and worshiping and leaning into a trial or difficulty, asking God to allow us to grow and to help us in our growth. It takes some risks and being about God's purposes. Maybe it's for you inviting someone to church, stepping into leadership, going on a missions project, or trip. See, 
What we wait for in life is found in actively waiting on God. Martin kept looking out the window. Simeon kept living life God's way. Anna kept serving. And as we wait on God, let's be active. Serve while waiting for God's calling. Listen while waiting for God to speak to us. Exercise while waiting on God to grow us. See, and how we build How the Lord will build our faith is when we practice these things for what we wait for in life is found in active waiting on God. Will you pray with me? Father God, thank you for just the the great truth that's in your word that you don't just want us to sit and wait for you to miraculously appear. And then, then we'll really truly follow you. You actually want us to step out in faith And begin to practice, to listen, to exercise, to be there in all those times, God, to to actively wait with you. Help us to not just stay seated, but actually to get active in what you want us to do. And Lord, may we see you grow our faith in great leaps and bounds. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's continue our worship. Amen. Amen. Amen.